Hi everyone, it's Gracie with Self Care with Gracie. Welcome back to the podcast. I have a repeat guest with me this evening, and it's uh, someone who's pretty special in my life. I have a uh, Micah, my now husband, on the podcast. Um, hi, hi Gracie. Hi everybody. I still have been calling you my partner, but yes, I guess we're husband and wife now. Yep, yep. Well, thanks for being here. And I, for everyone listening right now, we are at the end of a very long day, long weekend, actually. Yeah, a very long weekend. <laughs> of parenting. At the end of a very long few months. Yes, yes. We got married about <laughs> nine days ago, and we had a really beautiful wedding mm. and it was also super stressful mm. we had a lot of people there we had our our son jonah is there and he's kind of in peak toddler stage right now oh yeah yeah and i thought it was important that that micah and i record a little something i've wanted to have him back on the podcast since we did one about two years ago a year and a half ago is that right um yeah, probably a year and a half ago. Except that time we were, uh, I was on the phone on Skype uh, to test out your new recording setup. And uh, this time we're sitting here together. So I might uh, might not be able to handle this emotionally. Yeah. <laughs> it's way more intimate than it was before. And we talked on our first podcast about what it was like to become parents. We told more of our own story of uh, getting accidentally pregnant after just dating for a few months and why we decided to say yes and jump in. Now, a year and a half later, we are still parents. We're still liking the experience. We can go into more detail about that later. Still saying yes. Still saying yes to things. We said yes to getting married to one another. Yep. And I, I just want to check back in and, and kind of hear how things are going and hopefully we can offer some self-care perspectives on what's been happening in this last year and a half. So let's, let's start with the wedding. Um, how was that for you? What was that experience like? What did it bring up? What self-care did you practice during it? Um, there was the weekend and then there was the wedding itself and it was stressful. Um, it was kind of like a stress sandwich. Um, there is the very stressful lead up to everything and the very stressful leaving. And then in the middle, there's this kind of like oasis of the ceremony and the immediate after ceremony and celebration and everything when, which was sort of capped off by, um, half an hour in a probably 185 degree sauna, which was incredible. Um, and all, that entire portion of Saturday was, um, just kind of, uh, um, it was revelatory and I was reveling in it and it was just incredibly special and profound. Um, and I was just kind of like out of my mind in the best possible way. I was not sort of gone or distant, but everything just felt very transcendental somehow. That's really the best way I can put it. Um, and 
I just seeing you come around the bend uh, to the clearing in the forest by the tree with um, that song playing uh, was like just one of the most intense moments of my entire life. It was really intense. Uh, we're, we're talking about our ceremony. We got married under a 400-year-old-plus oak tree mm-hmm. in, in this grove at a place where I lead retreats where I've been going for the past eight years. And it's a very special place to me already. And I, I don't think I really wanted to get married other than getting married underneath that oak tree. <laughs> I had a very strong vision for what that could look like and what that would be. And and as I was like getting ready to walk over, I had my mom on one arm and my brother on the other arm. Um, I I was just hit with this wall of emotion that was so intense. It, um, you know, I've been in a lot of ceremonial spaces. I guess I haven't been in a ceremony that has been quite so tailored to like me and my my intimates. And I just felt like all like all the ceremonial space opened up, and it actually it's given me a lot more clarity around why people have weddings. I think before I thought, oh, it's a cultural construction, it's a big industry, to feel like you have to do it, and I, I never really wanted to have a wedding. But actually, after going through it, I, I I feel the power of having everyone gathered, and also kind of the power of of being the bride and groom. Like I just feel like we kind of like embodied something really interesting Mm. for, for that evening. Mm. And I felt like, like I kind of like when I took off my dress at the end of the night, it, I like took off whatever that embodiment was. Mm. It wasn't me, but it's something that we step into when we do a wedding ceremony. Mm. Do you have any thoughts about what that is? Um, I mean, people get married for all kinds of reasons. Um, for so much of human history, people got married for financial reasons quite frequently. Um, and I think the reason that we chose to get married was that everything is going really great between us. And we felt like formalizing our partnership and saying that yes in front of our communities Um, and for the set of circumstances that we found ourselves in I would say that what I was stepping into was this kind of stream of the eternal and universal and um, the kind of power that comes with your life being bound up with another person's and the power that comes from that and the power in our circumstance that comes from having gone from sort of, without a better way to say it, a forced yes um, Mm -hmm. after um, you got pregnant with Jonah uh, to a completely voluntary yes after we've shown each other our whole ass over the last you know like almost three years and parenting um in a completely surprised situation so I, I think my my answer is very specific to our set of circumstances um and other people 
um, they're stepping into maybe the thing that I'm thinking about for us, maybe something different depending on who they are and what their families are like and what they're hoping to get out of their lives. But that's the best way I can try to describe it. How about you? Yeah, it's such a big thing. I really feel like I'm like trying to thread the needle with something so immense. I, I mean, I think the most profound experience I've had in life is giving birth to Jonah. Like that, that just being pregnant with him, first of all, that was just really immense feeling of what it was like to have a, another life growing in my body and to feel that connection. And then when he like came out, <laughs> if you don't know our birth story, you can listen to that first podcast, but just to like summarize, he came very quickly. Our birth team was not around. We had already planned for a home birth, but no one was there yet. And Micah caught him as he shot out. <laughs> yeah. Geronimo. Geronimo. Yeah. Here I am world, which knowing Jonah now is like very much his personality. He's very headstrong. He's very fast. He's very uh, energetic and curious. So he entered as he is. It, and I, I really did feel like in my preparations for giving birth that I understood that going into the birth space, I had to go into the death space too. And I, I read this one pretty far out there article, but it really resonated with me that when you're transitioning in birth, you're actually energetically like going to retrieve the soul of your child. And I was like, well, that's just super out there. But like, yeah, that kind of feels like whatever it is that has to happen in that moment. And when I was walking towards you in that ceremony, I felt some of that similar energy that I like. I thought my father had passed away about five years ago and he wasn't there. And I just like very strongly like felt whatever had happened when he had passed away and I was in that death space with him. Like that energy was really strong. I mean, it was a lot of love for you and for our union, but it was also just this like very universal life, death continuum plunge where I felt like when I'm in that space, it's, it's not, pleasurable (laughs) and it's not really painful either it's just very immense and it's very like I've I've very little control in that space and and um so I think my father being with my father as he passed away being in Jonah's birth and then our wedding would be the times in life that I've touched on that space the most yeah and um I guess the parallel for me is my grandmother's death which was the you know, um, really proximate reason that I finally got myself into recovery. Um, and that was six years ago tomorrow. Um, and I would say the same thing is like that Jonah's birth and, um, getting married to you or the, the three most just crazy intense, experiences of my entire life and um Jonah um God bless him was probably the thing that pulled me back from the brink of just completely losing control of my emotions at our wedding um, because as soon as I got myself up where the ceremony was happening and turned around he was standing there wanting to you know play and dance and affectionate and um yeah he was sort of like the 
lifeline, the thing that sort of saved my ego from tumbling into the abyss. Of, uh, but not that that would have been a bad thing. Um, just would have been hard in front of 80 people. Yeah, yeah. When I, when I was walking in, I was like, I feel so overwhelmed. And I was just cry, I was crying as I walked in. And I was like, I don't, I don't know if I can do this. That was like the thought I had. And then I saw you and Jonah, and I was so happy to see you guys. Uh, and then Jonah like leapt up into my arms and stayed the whole entire ceremony, proceeded to rip apart my bouquet. Um, I had this really beautiful necklace from my great great grandmother on and he just like had that in his mouth pretty much the whole time except when the microphone was in his mouth except when he was trying to take the rings and throw himself <laughs> out of my arms under the ground uh rip my hair out of my hairdo yeah. so all of that was very grounding <laughs> it, was like... it was just kind of like the universe being like yeah this is crazy and everything is still really real Yes, yes. And I was I was grateful for that anchor, even though part of me always wants to go like really deep into the abyss space because it is so evocative to be there. Um, and I felt like the, the sauna, and the sauna, just so you know, it's not a metaphor for anything. Like there is actually this outdoor sauna house at this retreat center, and we took this really, really hot sauna that night. And... Um, that really helped to ground me too mm. and kind of come back into my body. Um, but I felt myself grasping over, over this last week and probably still now just like wanting to know what that, that energy was and kind of wanting to remember it and not wanting to forget it. And maybe, maybe that's part of wanting to record this podcast is wanting to talk about what that space was a little bit more before it kind of feels like it slips away. Yeah. Yeah. Trying to cling to an experience is, um, extremely natural and it was also one of the things that caused me so much um immense pain in my life and suffering um so yeah trying to find that space of uh, i guess moderation of being very appreciative and being able to let go at the same time but mm -hmm. this was so intense that just trying to get my arms around it and get my mind around it is, um, I don't think it's something that's going to happen soon. Even, I mean, it might take the rest of our lives. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and as we're talking about it, I'm like, kind of when I felt that energy around my dad's passing and Jonah's birth and our wedding, it, it feels like the same energy. And I'm like, Oh, it's just there. Like, I don't need to be living in that space all the time. But when I, touch upon it I'm like oh it's not it hasn't gone anywhere it's just here it's available and yet mm. my life is um it's calling me somewhere else and I, I think that that for anyone who does kind of identify as like a yogi or a mystic or someone like a free spirit even I think it can be a little hard when we can touch these experiences of transcendence to like be like but then wait I have to uh like go work at a job and what does that mean there's this book, uh, I think it's by Jack Cornfield, it's called After the Ecstasy, The Laundry. And I, I've never read the book, <laughs> but I think of that title a lot because I'm like, oh, and that's exactly what this week was. Is like we came back from the wedding, we um, had Jonah in daycare the next day. We went to uh, this Korean spa for just a few hours. And then Micah went back to work the next day. I was home with Jonah the next day. We just had fairly busy work weeks. Mm -hmm. the, and then we had this weekend of... Uh, 
trying to figure out some sleep adjustments for Jonah and three day weekend, no daycare today on, on Memorial day, Monday, um, which is lovely and just a lot of intensity. Yes. And I'm like, Oh, this is the laundry. Like we had a taste of ecstasy and we're like, we have the laundry now. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, um, just runs so very much parallel to, um, it's probably kind of corny at this point, but one of my favorite uh, philosophers that I've ever um, read their work is uh, Kierkegaard, who talked about repetition in life and uh, was also a very, very devout Christian. Um, so he had that immense level of spiritual um, life and spirituality, but also so much of what he was talking about was transcending the things that on their face are the mundanities of life, um, but can be where the really great stuff is. Um, if you can tap into that larger universal, whatever's going on out there. And this was a very intense weekend. Jonah was super cranky on Sunday. Uh, I think that makes us cranky and tired, too. And um, he slept better last night. He had a pretty good nap today. And I'm sitting here now and would have said in the middle of all of that um, and and say now, like, you know, I would not want to do the various patterns and cycles and uh, periods of repetition in this world with anyone but you. I feel the same way. Yeah. I mean, like, I think you were saying it in a really nice way. We had a stressful weekend. (laughs) It was like we needed a really restorative weekend after our (laughs) wedding. And this weekend was, uh, yeah, we had a very cranky toddler who was having trouble sleeping and we needed to do some major problem solving around that. (laughs) And uh, and I don't know, we just don't, we don't fight with each other in those moments. And I can, I feel the urge sometimes to want to make it about you. I felt I felt that actually right before our wedding. You saw me. I was having a. I was very stressed out right before the ceremony, and I there was something that had happened that I just the timing had not been right, and I just really wanted to blame Micah for that. <laughs> and in the moment, I was like, it just feels a lot easier to blame you than to feel like all the chaos that I'm feeling right now. <laughs> and I, I, I really, yes, I can't imagine anyone else in life that I would be able to um, be so grounded with, but also like. So kind of holding it lightly, I feel like we, we both do a good job and we encourage each other to hold things pretty lightly, even when they feel really intense. Yeah. Without being in denial about the magnitude of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a concept in yoga as well as what Kierking, Kierkegaard? Kierkegaard. Kierkegaard. I never knew how you pronounce that. <laughs> it, it's called sadhana. And sadhana is, it's the idea of daily tasks being a devotional practice. Mm -hmm. So you cook and you clean for the divine. And that's why in um, traditional Vedic cooking, you don't ever taste your food because the first taste is always given to the divine because you're really cooking for them. And then afterwards Mm -hmm. you can eat. Mm -hmm. So I think in in parenting and motherhood, I really have tried to embrace the concept of sadhana because it's like diaper after diaper after diaper. Yeah. (laughs) 
it, I'm just like the end of every night. I'm like, oh, that was another day. The end of every week, I'm like, that was another week. It just feels like sometimes it goes by so fast, and some days it's like incredibly slow to get through some of those hours of caretaking too, and and just to see it as being a really positive thing that it's kind of boring <laughs> and kind of kind of the repetition and that like but there is this total life to it and I think in our culture in the west we're really taught that like things need to be different we need variety we need excitement and um and I think parenting and being with you has really taught me the opposite of that that like we need we need to see the world with new eyes all the time of course but it's not about needing to change the stimuli all the time and the cat just walked in and she's singing for her dinner. Yes. Um, so anybody hearing a kitty, you're not hallucinating. Um, and I, I think just um, yes to all of that. And I'm just now sort of realizing that pretty much at the end of every day when we put Jonah to, to bed, we frequently the next thing that happens is we look at each other dead in the eye and just give this great big exhale. And I think both of our shoulders probably relax finally. And, um, I just try to take in some crucially needed oxygen. Um, and that happens almost daily, I would say. Um, and then once a week at the end of the work week, um, we have our sort of, weekly massive sigh as well um and try to let go of everything that just happened um will you will you say more about what that looks like um so we get jonah in bed and then cobble dinner together which i should give credit where credit's due you make a very nice dinner usually 80 percent of the time maybe more probably more um and we sit down um frequently we have candles going and um before we pick up fork and knife or spoon we just breathe and <laughs> nobody's ever suggested that we do that and we just do. And then um, at some point within the last year, because I think it first happened while we were in this house, I asked you on Friday night what the best part of your week was. And uh, you made that into a tradition. It's a routine. I like routines. <laughs> They're stabilizing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's nice to um, look back and reflect and... Usually nobody has one favorite part of the week that they mention and they go on and on and on about how great this was and how great that was. Um, and then finally arrive in a meandering way to a highlight or two. Yes. Yeah. It was funny to do it on this last Friday to be like, what was the highlight of your week? And that was like our wedding week it was encompassed in that. You're like, ah, I don't know. I like went to the thrift store this week. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, hilarious. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I am I'm am funny. I'm funny. <laughs> I am not. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I think, like, I call it a Sabbath practice, but I know that the Sabbath means a lot of different things to a lot of different people, but it feels really 
it's been a great act of self-care in our partnership and family to be able to just have one moment where it's we really just know that we're going to focus on each other and really I like what you say about the exhalation because it does feel like giving ourselves just space to exhale and, and process and integrate and I really I love that about our relationship as I I always feel like I have space to analyze something without it feeling like I don't know. I think there's this story that we have about women, especially in our culture, that if you talk too much about something that's already happened, you're like in your head about it or overly emotional or something. And I I think we miss a lot of opportunities that we need to integrate and process experiences. So I've always just appreciated how open you are to talking through things and trying to make meaning of what's been happening. And this is not to say that you are obsessive at all, but there are obviously no men who are obsessive yeah. in this world uh, it's yeah all this gendered stuff is pretty bizarre it really is it really so is. but yes um and i mean i think that probably you do come to the table with things to talk about maybe a little bit more frequently than i do um but then there are other times where um you nudge me to talk a little bit more about what's on my mind because you know I've got something on my mind um, because you know me so well at this point. Um, And I'm uh, sometimes more begrudgingly uh, than others. Very grateful for that. Yeah, well, it's just an act, the begrudging part. (laughs) (laughs) It's fine. Tell yourself whatever you need to hear, but no, it's, it's, it's good. It's really balancing and, you know, I don't want to try to universalize our relationship too much because in every couple, it's, it's, my mom used to say that like a marriage is the secret between two people, mm-hmm. of like what makes something work. So we're kind of letting maybe people in a little bit to our secret, but maybe we don't even really know what our secret is and who knows how long that, that even lasts. But for right now, I just feel really appreciative yeah. and, uh, excited for the future too of what's coming so as we as we close out here i'm curious what what do you feel hopeful about right now in life oh boy i feel extremely hopeful about the things that are coming up for the people under the roof of our home um i i guess i don't spend a whole lot of time dealing with specifics of things that I want for myself or for us or for you or Jonah other than um, just feeling satisfied in this world and um, I do feel hopeful that we can all have that um, even knowing that Jonah is going to go through all the trials and tribulations of trying to mature and what is a I think increasingly hectic and chaotic world and social environment with technology and everything but that doesn't mean that we aren't still human beings first um and um just adventure just for an adventure that looks very mundane at some times and an adventure that looks extremely uh, adventurous at others and looking forward to doing things like traveling with the two of you once he's a little bit more manageable in that regard. Um, Yeah, how about you? 
I feel hopeful looking back on our relationship. Um, just we, that we've been able to really create something that feels uniquely our own, which means sometimes we like dip into convention. Like we just had a big wedding and I wore a big wedding dress, you know, and that's, that doesn't, I, I don't feel like issuing tradition for the sake of that is very healthy. I think it's more about like, what does it really mean to be self-authoring? And I think our relationship has felt that way. And, um, the stability it's given me has helped me to, do that more in my own life too, to like worry less about what it's supposed to look like, um, or put pressure on myself to have it be completely unique even. Mm-hmm. And so I feel hopeful that the more that we can do that, um, the more we can teach Jonah how to do that. Cause I think you can't really teach someone how to do something unless you're modeling it for them. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I just, I feel like I've been coming to this new thing in myself lately which maybe seems basic but seems important where I'm like I'm just gonna enjoy the hell out of whatever's happening like Uh even if that is just like a pretty uncomfortable weekend of sleep yeah stuff but like I had a good weekend it was fun like I'm I'm gonna look back on this weekend and be like that was a nice weekend so I feel hopeful just in terms of thinking of myself as instrument and ways that I've managed to tune certain parts of myself towards more gratitude and more abundance and I think um, our wedding just felt like there was an up-leveling in that. So I'm excited to see like what, what shifts. And I, I feel like hopeful in that I think the more I listen to myself and practice self-care, the more I, I can sense when something needs to shift and when um, routines need to like actually shift and the repetition changes. And I think I can feel really janky sometimes when that happens. And yet I think there's so much opportunity to grow in those moments. So it just feels like I'm very hopeful for just that ability to listen right now too. I think trying to enjoy everything or enjoying everything is not remotely basic. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think uh, that's a spiritual practice. There's a, I think there's an allure to being a happy go lucky person. And there's a lot of, social messages out there to being a happy-go-lucky person, being the way that we should be. Um, And there are people who, I think, get stuck there. And then there are people who um, have seen the really dark places that there are in um, this world and in people and themselves. And then get to a place where... um, in the face of it all is sort of like a very extended primal scream against existence. Just try to enjoy everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm happy to be enjoying it alongside you in this moment and (laughs) ongoing. And I'm grateful for everyone who's listened to this. I, again, I don't really want to universalize anything that we're saying as being like self-care gospel. Uh, But I do encourage you to think about, what is the repetition in your life that actually feels grounding? What are the moments of ceremony that feel like openings? And like, how, how do you cling to those? And where can you kind of embrace the laundry after the ecstasy? <laughs> and um, yeah, how do you enjoy the hell out of your life a bit more? That we can hold that together is inquiry. Mm-hmm. Anything else you want to say before we say goodbye? 
Nope. No. Oh, I want to call myself in actually for having um, uh, exclaimed Geronimo earlier, uh, which I think is inappropriate and a little racist, um, just completely unintentionally, and uh, just want to acknowledge that before um, we sign off. Thanks for saying that. Yeah, yeah. I, I appreciate the phrase of calling yourself in too. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's it. I feel like there's so many turns of phrases where I say them. I'm like, what does that really mean? I'm like, I've I heard it, and now that I'm hearing it with new ears, it doesn't sound like it's yep. what I want to be saying. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, it's a work in progress. Always. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks for that. Thank you for listening, everybody, and I'll be back soon. So until then, keep taking care of yourself. Bye bye. Hi, this is Gracie with Beautiful Life Self-Care. Thanks so much for listening to the show. I hope you learned something new. If you want to connect more, then visit me at selfcarewithgracie.com. There you can sign up for my weekly newsletter where on Wednesday afternoons, I'll send you more self-care practices, more inspiration, and more opportunity to connect to a community of people who really care about really good self-care. Also write me if you have any other questions or if you have ideas for future shows. My email address is selfcarewithgracie at gmail.com. Thanks a lot. And remember, keep putting yourself first and everything else will fall into place. Mm